Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. Now we're recording on both. Just, just in, case. in case. Yep. Yeah. So we're back. Hello. I missed well, you. It's been a while. I know. I miss you too. We actually talked on the phone last night for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Catching That's, up on all the things. We had to. It was so good. We, we were like, uh, the last time we recorded, we're like, we're back. And they were like, just kidding. But now we're really back. Actually, baby. we're not. <laughs> I know. It's funny. Like, I mean, I, I always appreciate, like, we get, I'm going to get a message. I don't know if you have, but people are like, oh, are you guys going to do more episodes? I'm like, yes, we are eventually. <laughs> but it has been a hectic few months for sure. I don't know. This yes. is one of the busiest I've been in a long time. It really has been. And now it's January. Went by slower. Um, but you know, we're here and I'm excited about this topic today because we've been talking about talking about it for a long time. Actually, when did I send you this? When did I send you? Oh, October 29th, they sent this. So, um, this is something I think was really interesting. I saw a screenshot of a text on Instagram and there was a post by CMC, an article by CNBC. And the title of the article said, millennial women are worried and it's in quotes and ashamed in quotes of out earning boyfriends and husbands. And then a girl responded, said, no, we're not. Please pay us more. And the comment on the tweet was literally none of us are worried or ashamed. And I think that's, um, I was like, yes. And also yes to CNBC. Cause I think there is some worry and I don't know about shame, but I've definitely had, and you and I have had these conversations about worried about making too much, which at, when I read this in a tweet, like when it was out me outside of my own brain, um, and when I read the tweet of no, we're not pay, pay us more. I was like, yeah, wait a second. We shouldn't be pay us freaking more. But why do we have these issues around it? It's just, it's a really weird thing. And I was like, wow, I need to unpack this a little bit. It is interesting because, you know, I think having gone through our, you know, divorces and things like that and having kind of different situations with our ex-husbands and now being in new relationships, like, I think it's one of the biggest things that couples do sort of fight about. And there's a lot of sensitivities around. It's funny, my initial reaction to that tweet, you know, when you sent it to me was I'm actually more scared of not being financially independent. Mm. Like to me, when I think about the alternative, so for example, if I'm with someone who I feel like maybe is sensitive, that I make a good living or that I'm making more money than them, like I can feel that sense of like, oh, this might be weird or maybe this is a sensitivity, but it doesn't make me do anything differently because Mm. I'm like, fuck, I could be 
I can't rely on anyone else for my money. I mean, and I remember, especially like leaving the marriage and when I went through my separation divorce, being so grateful that I was financially independent and not everyone is able to be because, you know, there are kids involved and, you know, people have conversations, uh, married couples have conversations about, do you want to stay home with the kids and things like that? And I would never say that that's the wrong decision, but I know for me how much of a lifeline and how much of like a lifeboat it was to be financially independent when I was alone that like, call it a defense mechanism, call it, you know, uh, like worst case scenario, whatever. But for me, the scarier thing mm-hmm. is not being financially secure in myself alone by myself. Yeah, I agree with that. There is that fear of like, can I take care of myself? I know you and I are both in a Facebook group and I pay attention in there a lot of, it's called the unwed and it's mostly divorced people or people who've never been married. And I've seen so many women who have come out of 20 year marriages, 25 year marriages and say, I need to figure out this money thing. I haven't been working or now I'm completely on my own and I have kids to raise with my own income. So I'm, I'm completely alone with that. But on the flip side, when we started dating, we did have those conversations of mm-hmm. our guys intimidated by the fact that I am on my own, that I can make my own money, which is a weird thing. And it's maybe when you, we talk about the law of attraction and people talk about uh, manifesting, there's a maybe a self-sabotage piece in there where you do want to be on your own. You do want to make your own money, but not too much. So then you kind of push yourself down or you make yourself less than because you don't want to outshine. And I know for me, and I'm not speaking for you, just kind of making this conversation, but for me, that was one of my, um, one of the beliefs that I didn't outwardly believe it, but one of the beliefs I I think I picked up from my marriage ending was I was doing too much. I was too successful. I made him feel bad about himself because he wasn't making as much money and I was making more. And ultimately it comes down to like male fucking fragility. Right. But there is this piece of we, if you are someone who has a fear of being alone, then that can conflict with your wanting to be independent and take care of yourself. And so you might have these conflicting inner thoughts that maybe you don't come like where you don't speak them out loud, but they're going on in the background and affecting how you show up in the world and how you like dim your light. Or, you know, I know the word take up space is really out there a lot, but like you, you shrink yourself down and make yourself smaller. So you don't outshine that person because your fear of being alone is just as great as not being able to take care of yourself. So there's like this weird inner conflict there. Mm-hmm. No, it's so true. And it's funny because um, I've had several conversations with Keith about this. So um, I make more money than Keith. And at, when we first started dating, because I, don't know, I think in the entrepreneur space, um, if you're listening to this, like we talk about money a lot in our space, not because it's we're trying to be better than or because it's like, you know, we our worth is dictated by money. But honestly, like that's the most important metric to know, like how successful is my business? So when you and I talk, we talk very frankly about money. Oh, I did this launch. You brought in this, like this amount, whatever. It's very clinical. You know, at least that's how I see it is like, this is, uh, it's kind of like, this is how well it did. So when I started kind of talking in those ways with someone who's not an entrepreneur, they were really taken aback. Like Keith was even said, like he, he thought it was not about me, but in general, he said, I think talking about money is tacky. And I was like, that's really interesting, but I think part of being an entrepreneur is just being okay with numbers and especially the way that our income can go up and can go down to me, people attach so much sort of self-worth to it, like just as much as maybe the scale or, you know, um, beauty or something like that. And I think with at least the way I see money is 
our money can go up and down year to year. So I can't attach my worth to it, right? I could double my income next year. I could cut my income in half next year. That's just the way entrepreneurship works. But talking about it with someone who is um, not, it was kind of clear to me, especially a man, it was clear to me that there's a lot more wrapped up in money for men. And I think that that's probably valid just from the perspective, like that's what society kind of sees you as being successful if you're bringing home the bacon, if you have a level of success, power, um, you know, wealth, whatever that looks like. And it's not typically, I think for women, gross generalization, but I think for women, we maybe attach more of our self-worth to our looks and for beauty standards, because I think that's kind of how mm. society kind of puts us up on this. So it's being in a relationship with someone who makes less than me. Um, there's a lot of considerations, but we've had several conversations. In fact, one of them, he was like, you know, I think a lot of guys who I work with, he's a fireman, he's a, a paramedic. And I think that's more of a traditionally conservative type of job. There's a lot of men who are really family oriented in the fire service and stuff like that. And, you know, he kind of said to me, I think a lot of the guys I work with would be really intimidated and probably wouldn't like the fact that, you know, wants a woman to be more reliant on them. And I thought that was interesting. And he's not like that at all. And he's like, I love that you're successful. I don't think anything of it. Like, it doesn't make me feel any sort of way. Like, it makes me want to like do better. It makes me feel like I want to be ambitious, but I certainly don't. It doesn't make me feel less of a man. It doesn't make me feel less confident, you know? So it's hard to say because I do think there are partners out there who want you, want their partner, their woman, their whatever to be financially successful for them and don't take it as personally. So, and the question always is like, how many of those are there, right? Like I know yeah. when we were dating, we did, we had a couple of friends who were like, yeah, I, I wouldn't want, you know, the person I'm dating to make more money than me, you know? Yeah. So I think it definitely comes down to an individual sensitivity. That was one of the the questions I would ask some of the guys I dated just to bring up conversation, like, how would you feel if the girl made more money? And the irony was, and I know we talked about this a lot, was so many of them that were saying, hell yeah, I'd love it. But then the reality of it wasn't that, like they actually didn't love it. And I'm wondering if it's an age generation thing as well, but mm. this article said millennials, which I would have thought they would be more okay with the wages being the same or um, women making more or the same. But I think, you know, in my mind, I'm like, yes, of course, women should be paid the same dollar per dollar, not 75 cents to the dollar, 50 cents to the dollar as men. And, and I also am brought up in a society that is more patriarchal. And we see men as more leaders of our big businesses, CEOs, there's way less women. So I'm wondering how much is conditioning? How much is, um, I mean, I'm sure it's literally all conditioning, to be honest, but how much is my internalized belief on that, that that's conflicting with what I truly want? Because I know growing up, I always wanted to be successful. I wanted to, I wanted to be like the first millionaire in my family and, and have a lot of things. But then when I got to the age where this was possibility, I think there was this belief in the back of my mind that was pulling me back and holding me back from doing all of that and not even realizing it was tied to my gender or or anything like that. But I've really worked on the last couple of years looking at those things, like even seeing how I grew up where when we sat at the table for dinner, my dad sat at the end because he's the quote head of the household. And it was always the man sits there and the rest of the family is around. And so there's a lot of like small things that contribute to this bigger issue. And um, I remember a lot of times my mom, she had to work um, 
after they got remarried, they were divorced. And her whole thing in life was, I want to be a mom and stay at home mom. And she resented working. And she would constantly say things like, I have to work. Like it mm. was, she shouldn't have to do that. That it was almost his failing that she had to work. And so I feel like we're in such a different place where almost all couples, both are working, not, and I'm not going to say all, but it's a, a majority of two couples are working. And I have a lot of friends who are moms that yeah. want to work still. Definitely. You know, like I think there's this, I think maybe this is an old school mentality and sure. I mean, everyone's entitled to their own desires in life and whatever. I would never judge someone for saying they wanted to stay home and, you know, want to be a full-time mom. That's, you know, totally a valid choice, obviously. Um, but I think that a lot of moms now, it's a lot more accepted to yeah. work part-time, work full-time, figure it out, right? Be able to, I mean, a lot of my even clients who are moms who are entrepreneurs, they work in their business so they can make enough money to hire help, right? Like mm -hmm. that's their first hire. Like, you know, we'll talk about starting to bring on a team and their first person they bring on is a nanny, you yeah. know, to like, so that they can actually work on their business. And I think it's an old school mentality that you, that you need to stay home and you can't do, in fact, like a lot of of my mom friends are like, work is my outlet, especially if they're doing, cause I think now, yes. you know, in our generation and maybe younger, like people like their jobs, <laughs> you know, yep. I think like, I think the generation older than us and obviously generation, uh, generalization, they like, didn't really like their job. You know what I mean? They like just went to something to bring home, uh, get a paycheck for the family. I think now we're seeing a lot more people take a lot of get a pride and fulfillment in their job. So if you love it, then I don't see any reason why you wouldn't want to be the best at it. And the idea especially if you're like married or you're in a long-term serious relationship, this is money that's going into the family. You know, I mm -hmm. remember when my ex-husband and I were both sort of in the beginning, first couple of years of our internet businesses, we were kind of growing at the same time. And there were moments when Jill Fit was doing really well and he was kind of down and out. And I remember not sharing exact numbers because it didn't feel safe. And this isn't like, you know, I should have like looking back, I should have just like told him, right. Like instead of kind of holding it in, but I remember feeling like I didn't want to make him feel bad about how he was feeling. So I would sort of just not mention it or not bring it up, even though inside I was so excited and I never, it always confused me as to why that would be a sore spot because I'm like, this is our family, right? Mm -hmm. This is going into the family funds. This is, I didn't see it as just my money. I saw it as our money. And so, you know, I think maybe this podcast is for men who should be listening to this. Yeah. Getting on board with your partner's success and seeing it not as like a zero sum game. If she's doing well, that means I'm not doing well. Give me a fucking break. Like, why don't mm -hmm. we all do well? And then we all elevate together. And it's just numbers at the end of the day. To me, it has nothing to do. It's just like the weight on the scale, right? It has nothing to do with your self-worth. Yeah. I like that you shared that because it brought up an, a memory that was right toward the end of our marriage. In fact, it was probably the week before I found out about the affair. I got some offer to just post a link for $1,500. Like, you know, sometimes as influencers, you get opportunities to post about a product and they'll pay you to actually post about it. And it was something I wanted to. And I was like, babe, I just got this thing. And I'm going to, I go, I only have to make one post and nobody's even looking at my post on Facebook for 1500 bucks. And it's like the easiest money ever. Right. And he was just, he just was like, wow. Okay kind of like, why are you bragging about this? And I was like, this is our money. How cool is that? How easy it's going to be for, and I thought of it that way of like, this is for us. And I thought he'd be psyched. And instead he took it as like, like, as I was saying, I'm better than him or something. And so because the affair happened shortly after that, I 
kind of was going, of course, you're going through all the things that happened in the last few weeks and how's it coming off. And I think I really took that on as I was doing too much. I was making too much money. I was making him feel bad. That's my fault. And it really is about finding someone who can celebrate with you and be excited and realize it's not a competition. And it's, for me, it's going in the pot together, right? And that's been something in my new relationship that's been really interesting. And I found myself a couple of times where, you know, Jeff started this um, business during quarantine or company and it's done really well and it was doing really well over the holidays and I found myself having these things like well this is his it's not mine so and I don't because he was like hey when we sell it you know part 50% of this is yours and I was like well no it's not it's yours but he's like everything that's mine is yours so if I make money on this you're making money on this and I was almost pulling back because I didn't I almost felt like there were strings attached and I didn't want to feel like and I also think there's a of women, a story about women being uh, gold diggers or gold diggers. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I'm like going with this. I don't want to make an assumption that his stuff is my stuff. And so there's been a lot of internal stuff going on that I'm just like having to un like unbraid and kind of look at and go, wait a second. Why do I feel that way? Why am I? And I'm like putting up walls against him as if he's done anything because I'm feeling insecure that this isn't mine. And, and maybe because we're not married, he could just take it and leave. And then I'm left to dry, even though I helped him build this thing. So I've got these, all these stories going on. I'm like, Whoa, chill the fuck out, girl. Well, um, I think, you know, especially because, you know, you and I have been through like this level of sort of rejection trauma, right? Like this sort of like this big rejection of going, I thought this was, I thought we were a team, right? I thought like we all, and so I think at least for me, and maybe it sounds like this is happening for you too. Like I'm very much like, I keep a little bit of distance and I don't know that that's so like what you were describing. I don't know that that's like the most conducive approach to being able to be vulnerable in a relationship or allow yourself. So I know that I personally have a lot of um, work to do around rest, like uh, receiving and being mm-hmm. okay, asking for things and being asked to include and like put myself, make myself in a, put myself in a vulnerable position, right? Like I'm like Keith and I are going through some stuff, um, you know, about like wanting to be dom- like established domestic partnership. And a big part of that is me getting on his insurance and getting on his benefits at work. He has really great benefits. And I'm like, like it just, it's like this, it's another layer of vulnerability that like, holy shit, if this, you know, goes sideways, Mm -hmm. right. If this goes Mm -hmm. sideways, like then, you know, what the, like, so it's, it's this constant battle of like, I know I need to be vulnerable and open myself to receiving and go all in the relationship to make it work. But at the same time, right. It's like this internal feel like, ah, so I, I definitely have a lot of that going on too, but I have a question for you because we kind of talked about from a general perspective, men in general, you know, attach maybe their self-worth to their level of success or wealth or money, whatever. And and in general, women maybe do this with be, you know, their looks or, you know, beauty, right? So you and I had this conversation, let's flip the script. What if you were in a relationship with like a, like a, like super attractive, like male model, like how would that make you feel? Right? Like, is it the same thing? Like, how does that make you feel? Would you feel insecure? Because that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. You know, that's a good question. And I think I would be a little bit insecure about that. Like, oh, probably all the girls really want him. And yeah, so maybe guys are thinking that like if, 
I don't know what they would think for us though. Like people would want us or just that we're better, but yeah, well, I think would so. Would you be I even was... insecure? Would you be insecure? Cause that's the thing is like, if a man is insecure because a woman's crushing it with finan- mm-hmm. financially, would you feel insecure if you were dating someone that was that much? I, sh- I could, I could see that. I'm sure there'd be times that I would be insecure. Yeah, definitely. Because I'd be like, who's in your DMs? Like, I know you're hot. <laughs> I know you've got girls who are all over. Or even let's say if they were like hot and famous. I was on a clubhouse and this woman was talking about her husband who was kind of a celebrity. And she said that he was, he kind of had to be like the celebrity front facing and he he had to look single for his celebrity, whatever, but he was married. And she said, they go to the mall and just girls would come up to him and like grab his junk and stuff. And I'd be like, what the hell? So I think I would be a little bit insecure. You know, I think I wouldn't be like, oh, all these girls, I would be insecure. Like, are, are they, are people wondering why he's with someone like me? Mm. You know, that's more where I would. And I think I could mm-hmm. see that translating into maybe what we're talking about with men, you know, they're mm-hmm. going like, why is, you know, why is this chick with me when she could be with someone who's making a lot more money or whatever that Def- looks like on a level, you know? So I do think it comes down to like, everyone needs to get more secure. <laughs> yeah. And I think we all need to get more secure. We also all need to get more confident in like the ways in which, you know, I look at Keith and he's one of the most confident people I know. And he's just like that, you know, people ask me all the time, like, is Keith okay with you being friends with your ex-husband? I'm like, yeah, he literally doesn't care at mm-hmm. all. So like, what is that? How do you just decide that you are good regardless of, and don't take it personally if someone close to you is doing quote better in yeah. any area, you know? Yeah. yeah. I really like, I really like that flip. Uh, you know, I would be really interested to, to hear, um, others opinions on this because it was like reading that tweet and she's like no we don't like we're not worried give us more like yeah we're not worried give us more and (laughs) then my reality shows a little bit different and so I'm not afraid but I also felt like there's not as many people out there that can handle it and I and we've both had that story of there's not as many men who can handle a successful woman or a strong woman and I know that's a story but and maybe it's because we tend to find what we're looking for. We have found that often. So it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's an interesting one. Yep, it is. It's a good one. And I would definitely be interested. You know, I do think there probably is a little bit of a generational thing to it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like I do see that, you know, a lot more, I would say maybe younger men are on board with their woman crushing. You know, I I think it's kind of a little bit of a generational thing. Not to say that there aren't older men who are fine with it or younger men who are a little bit more insecure, but I do think that it's just more the norm now. And to me, like there's a lot more double income households than there've ever been, you know? So it's like, it's kind of like, yeah, we both work. We both love our job. We both want to try and fucking crush because we have a future that we want to build together. And so I think it's important. I think it is important to have these conversations, um, you know, I, I think it wasn't something that I necessarily wanted to bring up with Keith because it wasn't a big deal to me. And we've talked about it a little bit. And like, luckily he was never, it was never a sensitivity of his, but I mean, yeah, it's, but it's not the norm for sure. Yep. Well, we'd love to hear what y'all think. Um, if you're like, who cares, or if you've had come or if you've had issues with your partner or spouse or partners in the past where it was a deal breaker, mm-hmm. um, or if you are, or maybe you're on the other side where you're like, I do want to make less and I do want to be taken care of. Cause that's actually valid too. There's a lot of totally. women who, who do say, no, a man should take care of me. And that's what I deserve. I actually, my last relationship coach was kind of like that, not really with money, but 
she really was on the feminine energy, masculine energy. And she really pushed like, let a man take care of you. And she said like a man should always pay 51% or more. They should always be at least a little bit more. Even if you make more money, they need to pay more. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. So there's a lot of philosophies. there. So I'm curious. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you guys also, since we are back on our recording tip, we would love if you guys have an idea or you want to hear something from us or just have like any specific questions or you're going through something yourself, um, send us a DM at the best life podcast on Instagram, send us a DM and just like, give us a little download. Is there an idea? Is there an insight? Is there a question? Is there something going on in your own life that you would love for us to tackle? Um, or bring on a guest who can speak to that. Would love to hear your ideas. We're always open. Our DMs are always open. DMs always open. DM us. All right, y'all. We'll see you on the next episode. Okay. Bye guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.